Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, and welcome to another episode of Boots, Balls, and Bras podcast. Today we have, I, I think, maybe the best guest you could possibly have 100%. as the first special guest. <laughs> wow. It is the one, the only, Kelly Smith! <laughs> we don't need to introduce you, but we will a little bit. Arsenal women, if you've been living under a rock for the last hundred years. Um, very many honors, too many to read. Uh, the podcast isn't long enough. And you were nominated for the Ballon d'Or. I asked you earlier, four times, and you said... <laughs> I, I don't know. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the pod, Kelly. Nice to be here with like-minded friends. Thanks for asking me, Farah. Fabulous. Well, we are very, very honored. And we're going to throw you right into the mix because we want to know about the Ballon d'Or thoughts and what we, yeah, what our reactions to all of it because you were, you've been there. Yeah. You've been nominated four times. First of all, what is that like to be, to go there? Oh, it's a different world, really. Something that I've never experienced up until that time. I think it was 20... Oh, I can't remember now. <laughs> I feel that old. But yeah, no, it, they really treat you special when you go. I took my dad um, on a flight out there and you go. You don't even go through security properly. They just get you off the plane, put you in a black car um, <laughs> and you feel really special. And I got into the car and Pele was actually in the car. Yeah, oh, wow. And I was like, oh my God, this is like <laughs> big time. Um, so yeah, my dad, we were like that. I'm like, we're talking, having a little bit of conversation. I'm like, I want a selfie, I want a picture. And I'm like, we'll do it when we're at the baggage claim. But by the baggage claim, when we got ushered through, we didn't really, they put us through security away from everybody else that got off the plane. And I was like, right, I'm going to get his picture right at the baggage and he'd already gone. Aww. So he got in his car. So I missed my one opportunity to get a picture with Pele. All right. Well, we'll Kelly, see what we can arrange. Like you should have had my, yeah, have had my mom with you, mate. She would have been like, Pele, come here. Literally. Amazing. Oh, that's good. Well, let's chat about the Ballon d'Or. What do you guys think? Farah, thoughts on Ballon d'Or winner, obviously, Alexia Puteas for the second time in a row. First time ever. I think... Having seen the changes that they made, it's now on a, a season as opposed to a whole calendar year. I think she deserves to, to win it for, for a second time running, second year running, should I say. Um, she had a phenomenal season with Barcelona. I think she's been a driving force behind that team and their success. Obviously, she missed the Euros through injury. Um, we'd have loved to see her on, on the biggest stage. Yeah. But yeah, fantastic play. And I think certainly her getting it again, I think she deserved it. I'm interested to know how, because I remember, I mean, when Kelly was nominated. Yeah. And the frustrating thing about that, at the time Kelly was nominated, for me, she was the best player in the world, performing. And you don't get credit for that. She get, you, you know, she, I think you said you finished fifth, Kel, wasn't mm. it? You got, and, and it's like, how do they, like, who picks it? Like, how does it get, you know, who picks it? Who's the nominees behind it? And, and that's the frustrating thing, because so often in sport, it's, you know, if we like you, you're going to get nominated. And if we don't like you and we're jealous of you, you're not going to get nominated. And that's far too often happens. And I that's think, what happened yeah. years ago with Marta because she was the only mm. name that everybody mm. knew within the game. I was going to say and that's she won what, it multiple times. I think that's why I lost out to it because nobody really knew who yeah. I was. You, you know, I did. <laughs> and with a last name like that, yeah, how could they not? Common, right, <laughs> Smith? <laughs> but yeah, I think all club captains from the national teams have a vote, yeah. and everybody only knew about Marta. Um, mm. Nobody really knew about me at that time. Mm. So that was the frustrating part because I felt like I was really up there. Yeah, just I knew I wasn't going to win it because the visibility mm. around me in England mm. was never there. Mm. It was nice to go out there, but I knew in my deep down that I was, I was never going to win it because I didn't feel the voting system was right. Yeah, Just, yeah. just on that, because obviously, Bex, you've been at FIFA, like in terms of governance, is this something that they sort of talk about? Like, is it just part of what they do with, with other systems and they just kind of take that blueprint rather than looking at the game itself no, and how it's, maybe that should be structured? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. And I mean, to be completely honest, what used to happen is you'd have the top 100 national teams that could vote. And it was, as Kelly said, it's captain and the coach. Mm. 
And we didn't, I, I didn't watch any. Mm. So I got to vote from mm. the New Zealand captain spot. I, you couldn't see any games from England or mm. Germany. I mean, Germany where I was playing, you could. And so you were clearly biased by the only things you've seen. So any kind of media coverage that any female player got at the time, you were like, she must be the best. Yeah. And Marta's agents were clearly some of, he he's the biggest agent for some of the male players. So. Mm. He got her in the right spots and, and, you know, hats off to them for doing that. But I remember my first year at FIFA, I got put like a list just got put on my desk and they were like, here's the, um, they, the players were thinking about, what do you think? And I was like, you're asking me to, <laughs> to write the Ballon d'Or list for the best players on the planet and with no visibility, couldn't mm. see anything. And that literally was how it was for two years. Like I used to do the short list for the Ballon d'Or and it's probably confidential, but there you go on Boots, Balls and Brawls. <laughs> no, it's, it, it, you're right, it's crazy. I remember I got asked to go to the uh, FIFA Best Awards yeah. and that was when they rebranded, the right? Yeah. She won. She won the Player of the Year, but wasn't in Team of the Year. Who was this? So there was like four players that was in Team of the Year, but wasn't nominated for top three players. In the it was just the, the whole. What I'm saying, she wasn't in the the eleven, the best eleven. Who's this? Sorry, player, Who's Lexi Patel, but she won the best player. So it didn't make sense yeah. that mm. you're not in the eleven, yeah. but you won the award. I, and got the a solution: put it in a hat, shake it, <laughs> <laughs> pick some names. Every out, player, and then it's it's, it's equal. Then <laughs> what, what do we think about Beth? Mead finishing second. Um, look, I think the first thing that you mentioned is actually quite important. The fact that they've changed it from the calendar year of January to December to August to July, for, so the se full season, I think is important because it means we have to watch more of the club matches. Mm -hmm. So the Euros, women's Euros, was not included technically mm -hmm. in this. Yeah. Now, was it included in it? Yeah, obviously, because everybody is looking at Beth Mead and how well she did in the women's Euros, I think, and saying... She deserves to be the best. Although I, de I do think that she played an amazing season, but I don't watch Arsenal probably as much as Kelly Smith does. So <laughs> she might be better to better place to answer that. But I, I think yeah. she deserved definitely to be in the mm -hmm. top five. It's, it's kind of tricky because then obviously Pop doesn't come in at six then in, mm. in terms of if we're including the Euros. Because surely right. she was injured for a lot of the season. She was injured for a lot of the season. Yeah. But look, when she turned up at the Euros, mm. everyone saw what she could do. So it's a kind of touch Very and go good in example. terms of... Very good example. Trying to eliminate the anomalies and, and stuff like that. So yeah. I think, yeah, I guess that's as fair as you can kind of get in terms of your internet, your sort of domestic leagues, I think. Yeah. What do you think, Beth? I think, yeah, it, Beth must be really frustrated with it because I, I know I would, if having the season, the assists, the goals, the way she dominated games. And yeah, I, I think I'd be frustrated if I was her because if the Euros wasn't included for me she she would have yeah. definitely won it yeah ahead of Pateas unfortunately for Pateas she didn't make the Euros but we wouldn't we no. would have seen how good she is against Beth Mead yeah. um but yeah poor Beth yeah, yeah I, that's I true. agree I think that you know with the Euros being cut out of it mm. it's a shame because that is a major tournament right that she finishes behind Pateas based off club season but mm. if the Euros was involved She'd have been bringing that home. Mm. But knowing sure. Beth, for this sure. will like spur yeah. her on. Surely like now she's going to go and score a hat trick like in her next game. The and be like, Cup, yeah. yeah, just start kicking on like World Cup, just turning up and be like, told you so. Yeah, because that's what she did, right? And I, what I liked was Benzema obviously went on the men's side and he was not, he was not in the French team for a long time. And Beth obviously didn't make it to the Olympics. So I like that. I know it doesn't, yeah, yeah, I don't need to be on the national team. It's not all about just you know, the biggest stage, I'm going to work and become the best player mm -hmm. that I possibly be. So I like that as well. What about the rest of the teams, the rest of the players that were in the list? I personally really like the fact that there was um, Tiani Endler, you know, a goalkeeper finally mm -hmm. in the top and Millie Bright as a defender. I thought that was brilliant because I, as a center back, obviously I watched center backs and I thought she was absolutely outstanding, especially in the women's Euros, which is not included, but... Thoughts on the rest of the list or anything? Yeah, I think in terms of Millie, she's been really consistent, I think, across mm -hmm. the past few seasons and has taken that into international level as well. So I thought she would have been a little higher up in mm. terms of that. And then Miedemar But she's does, a defender. But she's, <laughs> I know. And then Miedemar does what Miedemar does. Um, so I thought she definitely would have been at least in the top 10. Yeah. Um, but I guess it opens up it up for new names so we can get that, that more eyes on the game and, yep. and stuff like that. So I'm just excited to see... Do you what know who I'm, you know I'm disappointed her? Bomati. I know. Like, <laughs> that's honestly, crazy, I know. This player, like, on, I can't even tell you how much I like her. But do you know what? Yeah. Like, she honestly, naturally does it. Some, yeah, some people take it for granted yeah, that, oh, but, but Matty just she not does up there? Matty does. She's like, fifth. She got fifth. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, You think she should have been yeah. Yeah, I mean, three? If you watch Barcelona, she make like like Kira Walsh at Manchester City, when she was there, she makes Manchester City tick. Yeah. Bomati does that for 
Barcelona. And this is probably why Pateas is as effective with Hermoso up top mm-hmm. and scoring goals mm-hmm. because they're able to have that freedom to connect with her behind who can do everything in yeah. the field. Literally everything. Lena Oberdorf is a similar <laughs> player as well yeah, for yeah. Um, like um, Oberdorf a lot. Yeah, she was her Euros was was amazing. I love watching her play her just the, her understanding and breaking up play and then giving it to players that are further forward. She's I'd love to have played with her. And FYI, she's twenty years yeah. old. Yeah. Mad. Farrah was dribbling about all <laughs> Euros. She was like, Oh my god, let's play that. like all oh, all Euros like the and silent then the final, assassin. Though, uh, I, I thought I thought what went what people didn't recognise in the final is the job that Frank oh. Herbie did. Because Obador she mm-hmm. if it wasn't for if you if you stop her playing like Fran did, I know Fran in possession wasn't involved as much for England. But if you've seen her movement taking Oberdorf into mm. areas that she didn't want to go and she weren't in the game. So if you watch that the, the, the England Germany game and take your eyes off the football and see what Frank Kirby did, mm. that is why I think Germany wasn't as effective in that game. Took one Such a good point. Yeah. What about Sam Kerr getting third? Obviously plays in our league here, FAWSL for Chelsea. I think if you're going off the off the I mean Chelsea did, had a poor Champions League, didn't they? Yeah. But if you're going off off the league, uh, FA Cup and, and Continental Cup, I think for Chelsea she was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. She pretty much won the league for them on her own with last minute goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely think she's up there. I mean, I always have the de- debate with her and Miedema. And Miedema is <laughs> obviously my favourite, but what Sam Kerr does is score yeah. goals. Yeah. And that's what you're paid to do, score yeah. goals. And she's There's not no the most the creative of players, is she? She's mm. not going to beat one or two players not like Miedema. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Miedema possibly <laughs> could do, like but I like you said, she plays well on the shoulders uh-huh. and she's fast. She's just an all-round great finisher. Mm. She just... Pops up when needed. Yeah. And the goals she scores are the ones that you have in your dream. You're like, oh, I flicked it over. I chested <laughs> yeah. it. I shouldered yeah, yeah. it. And then I banged it. Like, she, she actually does it. So she doesn't score a lot of them. But when she does, it, it lasts her. It, it buys her some yeah. time. The last the game of the season. The last, oh, last game of the season at United. I mean, I was at the Arsenal game. <laughs> yeah. and Arsenal sat next to the Arsenal bench, pretty yeah. much. And they were, like, celebrating. They knew Chelsea were, I think it was 1 or 2 nil down, wasn't they? Mm-hmm. And they're like, you could just see them. Like, yes, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> And then these two goals that went in, I'm just like in the stand celebrating as I do as a Chelsea fan. I shouldn't have been, obviously, because I'm working. But yeah, just like you, goals that are just worthy of anything, right? I, I was at the game working and my mouth just uh, dropped over. <laughs> I was like, ah. did she just do that in the last game when it, they had to win yeah. and Arsenal had to win and she just pops up with yeah. this worldie? I mean, that's the type of player that she is can do it yeah. when it matters. Yeah. yeah, and you do that in training and your manager goes, man, like, play the ball. And actually you're like doing something ridiculous that you'd never, ever do in a match. They'll be like, well, you'll never do that in a game. And she's like, yeah, well, in the last game, in the last game, <laughs> whilst we're down, I'll still put it out. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I thought was interesting about the Ballon d'Or, and it always happens because it's a very European driven um, awards that the U.S. players, I often think, are they really the best players? Like Dabina, the Brazilian, who's mm. nominated for MVP of the league, not in the list. Sophia Smith, I think, is a fantastic. We saw her against England. Mm. Absolute stunner. But she's really young. You know, is she mm. carrying teams like a Bomati is or like a Kira Walsh is. So, yeah, I, I tend to always think that they kind of get the um, the US side wrong. Any Who was thoughts the highest? on that? Who was the highest? Was it Rodman? Was she the highest US player? Yeah. I think it was, was Morgan. Morgan was 13. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Morgan yeah. was 13. Yeah. And Rodman was 18. 18. Yeah. Diani was also on there. I thought she was fantastic. All right. Any upcoming youngsters that we can see in that list in the next years? That we like, Oberdorf, we've already mentioned. I love Selma Bakker from Lyon. Yeah. I mean, I think she's only 20, early yeah. 20s, mm. but I've never seen a left back play the way she does. Gets yeah. forward, drives with the ball, <coughs> cross, her ability to cross on the run and pick out Hegerberg. I mean, <sighs> Hegerberg just must love playing with her. And she's also can go inside, she can go outside. You know, she's just so sexy on the ball and just so confident. <laughs> I just, I think for me, she will, she will be the left, best left back in the world. Wants me to say her. <laughs> <laughs> you had a nice left, yeah, left foot. Nah. Did you play left back? Oh, I tried. I, tried. Yeah. I think Jaden Shaw, who plays uh, San Diego with Casey, I've been watching her a lot. Mm. I think, what, 17, maybe? In the NWSL, oh San Diego gosh. wave. Like up front, she's going to be something super special. So mm. for me, I'd like to see her going nice up one. the list. I'm sure she will be will be there and thereabouts very very soon nice. I've got to say Lauren James I can't mm. not I mean she's the closest to you Kel that we're going to get in terms of what she can do with the ball quality um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think yet I think we're a good couple of years yet until she gets more playing time at Chelsea we could see her for England uh, the other week I what, what, she was a bit, what do you I think her best good. position is I think it's central in a 10 or, or mm. a, a false 9 so either a 10 or, or a 9 that can drop with runners beyond because in those pockets 
she's frightening mm. and she can shoot from distance left or right foot and she is, she sees passes mm. I think out on, on the wing I think you take a lot of her uh, attributes away mm. um, I felt for England when she was on it 1v1 very good in, in, in the final third I felt she played safe at times and I think with experience of being involved in the England mm. setup then she'll play with more confidence in terms of when she gets on it, she'll be more direct with it. Mm. You could I see she didn't want to lose the ball in that game. Yeah, I think as she grows tactically as well, I think she can maybe can have that sort of free role to be able to kind of just Rome. play and see what, what happens, but then be able to kind of fill into gaps and recognise how play's moving on. So, yeah, really excited about Lauren as well. And she always she looks so chill. Yeah, yeah, like, she, oh. She's just like, it's playing with a cigar in her mouth. It's <laughs> like, whatever, whatever. School, it's like school football, isn't it? Just yeah. no care in the world and just, yeah, Smooth. just Glide that's, that's how you are when you're younger, aren't you? You're fearless. You don't really have that mm. pressure or expectation on you. So, yeah, I think I'd have to agree with both of you. She's certainly a player to watch for Chelsea. Agree that she's closest coming. to you or agree that she's a good player? <laughs> Almost as good as She's you. a different player yeah, to she, me, but she I see what you mean. She has some very good close ball, ball tight, yeah, qualities, tight can turn on a sixpence, mm. see a pass, shoot with both feet, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> could do that with my eyes closed. <laughs> Still. With two yeah, kids already. <laughs> awesome. All right, that wraps up Ballon d'Or, I reckon. Right, then let's move on to the FAWSL League here in England, obviously, because we had a very interesting and exciting weekend Kicking off with Aston Villa losing to West Ham, although we had a very interesting situation with um, Hawa Sissoko's red card in the stoppage time. Um, thoughts on the red card and just that in general or the game? Kelly, um, <laughs> you're laughing. Well, I think I think Tyson Fury would have been happy with that punch. Oh, yeah, agreed. <laughs> nice left hook. But no, to be fair, um, there is no space in 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 this game for that um, but it does happen it rears up every now and then um, and I've done it I've not actually swung at someone but you rile them up enough to try and get them to do something that gets them sent off it's part of the mm. game and I think when people think women's football is pure mm. you know it doesn't see that you shouldn't see this in the women's game it happens because it's charged with adrenaline and there are egos and things flare up it's professional sports it will happen uh, every, every so often but it's up to the clubs and the FA for, to deal with what happened but you know I showed Farah a picture of one of, <laughs> one of the Blackburn players had me up against the throat like this <laughs> but it's, it, you know you just get on with it it's part and parcel of football I think it's not nice to see at times but it happens mm. it is it, I do the decision was correct in terms of the sending off definitely I think she was definitely provoked but as Kelly mentions there it's part of the game it's what you do mm. I remember playing mm. when I was at Everton and we played against Arsenal and Jane Ludlow, for them, was just a driving force. That midfield, yeah. box to box. And one of the hardest, especially when you don't like running, one of the hardest <laughs> to with. And she fouled me. And I remember being on the floor and I kind of kicked out a little bit where the referee couldn't see. And it's obviously got, it's right, like she's over me now with her, with her hand here. And I'm like, ref, can you see what she's doing to me? Because I wanted her sent off. Yeah. We were playing them three weeks later in a FA Cup final. Mm. So if she gets sent off, mm. she misses that Cup final. Yeah. She got sent off for that, for that and missed the Cup final and Everton beat. Arsenal in extra time, so it was like perfect. So you, you, but I you, you, you <laughs> provoked her in yeah. terms of yeah. like I wanted her to get, I wanted a reaction, and yeah. and as Kelly says, there's players that will react. Some are calm enough and, and disciplined enough not to, but those passionate players in there, sometimes you just you lose it. The number one most passionate what, reactive um, player that we have I ever played against. I want to hear if you you guys agree, Marta. Literally, like there was one time where you knew that if you if you flicked the ball in her face or you did something to her and you could piss her off, she was gone. Yeah. Her head mm. was gone. Mm. Have you guys, did you guys experience that too, or was it just me? With Marta, um, no, I never experienced mm. that. Opposite sides of the pitch, probably. No, too her. high. She was yeah. up this end, I was up that yeah. end. But you thought I was going to say you, didn't you? Yeah, I thought. Kelly, we've had, that, we've had an that, incident. Kelly, in that loose cannon. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to share the incident? No, not really. No. <laughs> I so, just, I just think from me, obviously. It, it's definitely ascending off, but she's provoking her. I think we need uh -huh. to look in like she's come come to her three times. Mm -hmm. It's not really a punch. If that's a that's a that's it's not really more a punch. of a slap, wasn't it's it? It's more of a like keep your distance, <laughs> like back up, back up. And I think in terms of like if someone continues to be the aggressor, mm -hmm. then surely that's more than a, a yellow card because obviously there's a yellow card for yeah, foul but, but, but that's what I was going to say Earth. on the replay when I saw the pull yeah. that's a yellow card that's right? a yellow card. and then the shove is obviously another booking exactly. I didn't originally when I made my decision based around she should have only got a yellow mm. and Sissoko a red so mailing a yellow and a red when I've fought back to the decision she should have originally been booked for 
the pulling of the shirt. Correct. Right? So that's a yellow card. And then she actually initiates the contact then or the reaction from Sissoko. More so maybe should have been sent off a two yellow cards. It should have been a red card. But you can't give so two both, yellow cards in one place. But it wasn't. You'd already been given the foul and it was no. after that reaction. No, she she was waiting. She was waiting. So she was she she was going to call the yellow for holding because it yeah. was a clear sustained holding. But then as it progressed, then it was it so was it, one. it stays yeah. at the same phase. Yeah, okay, yeah, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So it is a yellow. Yeah, and also like if you, I mean, this is my interpretation, but if you were to push someone, it's not necessarily a red card. It would more be like a yellow. But yeah, yellow. But there was, there was like two or three pushes. Yeah. So I'm like, you're provoking yeah, yeah. something. You want something to happen. Definitely. Therefore, it could and have the, been a double yellow. And but the point is, 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 is exactly as Kelly said, it just doesn't belong. Does it. Do you guys think though that the part timing. of it is coming from the coaches, the managers? Because some of the behavior I'm seeing from managers and yelling and the mm. screaming and absolutely losing their heads. I mean, we saw um, you, you know Jonas from Arsenal get a, a warning last season as well, and 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 also there was mm. the the um, the West Ham manager Paul Kaczynski did get sent off for mm. his reaction. Do you guys think it starts with the managers as the teacher in the room? You know, obviously, he's come from from the men's game, and in in terms of that's a natural reaction. So it's like a habit that they've he's had inside of him. So he's going to have to unlearn that mm. in order to kind of facilitate in the women's game. But do you want him to not be natural? I think in terms of that passion and that drive, you want that within your female players, but also to be managed in a, in a way that we want to see our game played. So, nah, bring it. That's, I'm that's like, just how I, it is. I'm one of them that like, the game's about passion, right? Yeah. And these managers' jobs now, now that the game's professional, their jobs are on the line. They need to show as much passion on the sideline to try and drive and motivate your players because that is, that is like a sixth place finish. So for example, both of those teams mm. that were playing, they're, they're fighting for that six and above, right? Mm. Or, or to stay out the relegation. Yeah, top half, yeah. So you need m managers on the side. If I had a manager that is just happy sitting back and chilled when, you know, we, we're in a dying minute and potentially, you know, up against it, which they were, West Ham, Villa in the second mm. half on top for, yep. for large periods of that game. Yeah, they look like You need your win. manager on the side. You need to hear him. You need to, you need to hear your, you know, the sub, you need to hear the crowd. That's I the, just that's think that we don't want to kill though, the passion from, from managers. I, I think that, I don't know, managers that I've played for that you can hear on the side, the, they, for me, they get the best out of you. They push you that extra yard that you, that you need in those in those moments. Mm. Yeah, so, so if you lose leaders, that, you're going to lose the game a little bit. I don't want to lose the exactly. game. I love, the passion. You, you want yeah, the passion. Kel, what do you think? Yeah, I think I agree with Farah. Uh, you want to hear your manager um, saying the right things, egging you on, um, but you don't want to see him get sent off because then you're, I think, without him for a couple of games mm. and then you lose him or her from the sidelines dictating what they want from you. So, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a hard, hard place. I like what he said, though. I mean, look, no one, I, I wasn't there and there's no mm. photo evidence of what has happened in the tunnel for him to be send off, sent off. But he wants to protect his players and he, and he said, I'm going to stand by my players, I'm going to protect my players when things are being said. Now, no one knows what was said. You've seen some tweets, which I'm not going to go into because I don't know the facts. Mm. But if I have a manager that comes out and says they're going to stand by my players and protect us, that's a manager you want to play for. Yes, he's going to miss a couple of games now in the stand. But I like the fact that he is passionate about defending his players in, in the right moments. So even at, like for, as a manager, I'm not going to ask my player to do anything that I wouldn't do. Mm. So in And terms they clearly of, do follow managers' behavior. And I, they, I've seen that, like whatever team you're in mm -hmm. as a player, right? So sorry, and, continue. No, no, 100%. And, I, and I'd say it, it starts from the top. So yeah. if that's the drive and the passion that my manager's telling me day in, day out, not just on a match day, but during training, I'm then going to, um, once we go over that white line, we are now responsible in terms of managing the game. Mm -hmm. So me as an individual player, I need to know how to react and how not to react. But I know in terms of if I do something, my manager's going to back me because actually that's what we're about. That's what our mm -hmm. club's about. This is how we dictate and conduct ourselves. So I think definitely obviously in terms of the sending off the sending off the sending off and he wouldn't he's come out and said that wrong is wrong but actually in terms of protecting his players the drive and the passion and what they want to do as a team you've got to be consistent yeah. with that yeah i mean i'm i'm going to just throw a little wrench in it uh, probably as being the non you know english person in the room as well but see i see i see that there's a clear line i think that if you're a manager and you're in a leadership role that one the referees are there to protect the players you as a manager have no space getting into a fight or slinging words because that's what the referees are there to do. And I thought that the official in that game actually did a really good job. Um, it wasn't, you know, she can't control the players, but once it happened, she stopped it. She got in the middle of it. It was gone. It was gone. Um, and so that actually died down better than I've seen other referees handle things specifically in the men's game as well. But I, I, 
genuinely think that you can still have a ton of passion and be a really loud coach, because I totally agree with you, but that there is a line in what we say, how we act, and that we have to be respectful to each other. And and I I, I just sometimes I think as a like, non-British person living in England, the fandom sometimes crosses that line for me. You know, the racism that we see, the homophobic slurs and there's a fine line between you start with that and you start with fights and we say, yeah, it's, you know, it's passion. And then it starts going into that slippery slope. So for me, it's, and, and that's it's what, a no-go. And that's why I think football has the sort of chance to change things in terms exactly. of societal issues. Because if you look exactly. outside of the game, actually in society, that's what happens. We look in government, that's what happens. So actually, like I said, football is a vehicle where we can show in terms of good practice um, in, in what we want to see. So and at I the think- minute, we're not there. Yeah, but, but you know what, Irv, honestly, I don't know how you play sport without that passion. I don't but know. No, it's, it's still not the passion. passion. Well, it it's, is. Yeah. It, it is. But what you I'm saying is that passion. you want to win, right? So so what I'm saying, when things are going against you and, and whatever, those natural reactions happen. No, but I'm not like saying they're said, correct. And I, and I know that some behaviours can be controlled, for sure. Yeah, but like but, you said, in terms of blood, you knew if you did certain things, of course, it would but take that's a rock, high, so that's, pro, like What I'm saying, that's high performers. That, Kelly mm. was a high performer. Yeah. You can get under their skin because you, they, they want to win. They're winners. I don't think you take so, that out so of people. So what's WSL ain't that high performance? That's what that? I'm saying. So what I'm saying, you're saying that they're gonna. We, we have to get that out of them. You can't high performers. You can't take that away from them. That's natural. But, but you don't have to right? be dirty. Yeah, but that's in terms of growth of a player. She was be. dirty. She was a calm, no. clever dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, listen, <laughs> this is going downhill very quickly, everybody. Let's just take a breather. It's about learning it and having strategy. So I know that yes, inside of me, you've got that fire but actually the outcome of that is only going to go one way of course so you have to be able to manage that some players just won't be able to manage that and they're still high performers some will be able to just play that game baby and just make it work (laughs) so it's about actually how do you you keep making that same mistake you must be everyone must be able to change you can change it you have to learn from it but otherwise you continue no no no, I get that but what I'm saying do you not think the game in general has changed right because that never used to happen you never had fiery managers on the side really like you think a couple of fiery players but not managers but not managers right and I think with the with the the profile in the game and now it's all you've seen it in the men's game these managers, everybody that's under pressure, we can hate it as much as we want, but it's not going to change. And but I don't think, you, and I don't think it will be managed, and I don't think behaviors will change because it's already been set up as a culture. Mm. I think I, that's the culture that's accepted, especially here in England, but other places. Why? Well. Why is it not? And it's not the, in the same in game. rugby. Men's exactly. rugby, they respect the referee. They don't exactly go on. off. That but we need, we need to learn roots, from that. Mm-hmm. But that's from grassroots, Kel, right? They're probably no, doing no, no, no. They're not the doing all black, grassroots. The all blacks. The all, oh, you're learning. Sorry, sorry I'm yeah, saying yeah. yeah you don't just start at the top and then it filter down. Absolutely. Which is what we try and do in England. Mm-hmm. We start it here and then they think it's going to start. You got to start it from when you're yeah. kid. That's you exactly right, and that's the point, right? So Jurgen Klopp is losing his absolute shizzle on the sideline. He is German, but he's not just English coaches. Yes, exactly, exactly. No, you're right. It's not just English coaches, and sorry, I don't mean to be yeah it's not about England specifically but it starts there and then everyone thinks it's okay and because he's the best and he's Mm. winning Ballon d'Ors and he's giving speeches and everyone idolizes him then clearly the dad on the sidelines of his six-year-old kids or mom Mm. on the sidelines is gonna think that that's okay and emulate it so it's a really good point and Mm -hmm. I think it's just it's something we should think about I think in the women's game because like you said it can be a reflection and a vehicle for societal change and also for how we can lead Mm. And I just, I don't agree with that type of leadership style. Just into, just last thing on this, obviously in terms of managers now and high, how high profile the game is, obviously they're now having to be high performers because their jobs are on the line. Absolutely. Where we look at the contrast in terms of rugby, it's a non-starter. If you can't comply to how we conduct things, you, you're not even in our game. So from a grassroots yeah. level, all the way up to elite, mm. the step when there's no, mm. they don't kind of filter the standards. This is what we do. This is how our game is. You're either in That's or it. you're out. Whereas football's a bit like, okay, but they're really good. We can mold them. Let's just kind of bring them in, give them a chance. So, yeah, it's a yeah, different culture. It's a different and, culture. And coming from growing up in New Zealand with an all black as an as an uncle, like there was a lot spoken about culture and mm. how we, you know, how you respect the others and you can win and you can lose, but you always shake the hands. And mm. it is a very different culture. And I, I really like it personally. But anyway, I think we could debate that for hours and hours but it's a good good chat i think um what about the other games that we saw on the weekend reading arsenal arsenal barely beating Reading. that was actually a really good game Can Mate, I- shout out to Bert. was it burns the goalkeeper WSL penalty save, yeah oh, yeah but it's a poor my. penalty but but just across just to say <laughs> goal across the game the goal there. No, the, okay the, the goal, goal might have been the worst out of it but look the save she made yeah, she yeah. like she was phenomenal i think that was a reading goalkeeper so young and as your debut 
Like, yeah. obviously not, but she was good okay, in yeah. terms of like how well she played. Well and yeah, shout out. Because keepers always get, we say defenders Agreed. get left out. Keepers always get left Agreed, out. Agree, man. They do, but you know what? Her performance yeah. would have been better if she had saved that, that goal because Blackstenia says yeah. no way that should have gone in. My, it come how, from distance. It was slow. Is. One, like, like that, you've got but, a thousand but, pounds, you've lost not, 20, throw the rest of it Okay, but let me tell you, right? Reading's game plan for me was spot on, mm-hmm. and I think they executed it the best they could have executed it. What was right? that? What was the game plan? Would it, would, uh, it, they did it in moments because in yeah. moments they would, they in moments they pressed high, and in moments they just let the centre halves have it. Yeah, right. But they defended really well, and yeah. they carried the ball. What they did was instead of going long, which they would do, you know, in transition, they would normally play long balls. They actually had ball carriers on the pitch who had legs that could mm-hmm. take the ball up the pitch and get the team up. Mm-hmm. I just think the goal that they conceded was poor. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's preventable, mm-hmm. and I think it's a goalkeeping error. I think for a goalkeeper, she has to get, she has to work her feet a lot quicker, and it's only going that way. So, so for me, she should have saved it. The penalty, I think, from Kim Little is the worst I've seen Kim's mm. execute a penalty. Normally, she just puts it high in the top corner. I was say I was watching the game, and I'm like, she ain't missing this because she don't note. miss. <laughs> but it's a good save. It's, it, and it was the, the save come at a time where Reading were actually on top. They had a few corners, back to back corners, where they had a couple of chances. Mm. One that got cleared off the line. Yeah, I thought Reading but, um, could have nicked, nicked a point. A point out, I think especially so. the last ten minutes, Arsenal but, were on the mm. on the ropes, and that's when you've got to then take that chance. Yeah. I think Tash Dowie had a chance in the. The latter Emma, stages Emma Harris, and the Harris, Harris one on you know oh. s- puts it wide and they're the moments in mm. games like that when those players need to put the ball in the back of the net because they could have got a point out of the game yeah. and I don't think Arsenal were at their best but they mm. still dug deep and won the game and that's you know this game potentially last year was their Birmingham yeah where they dropped points and potentially that hurt them at the end of the season so you have to see I guess give credit to Arsenal. They dug deep. They got numbers behind the ball. They didn't have their two starting centre-halves. I thought Catley and Wubamoy were shaky at times mm. in possession. They looked nervous, but we've got to watch out to see how they develop over the season because like um, Rafa and Williamson are out for several weeks. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I was impressed with the the guts and I think it's nine clean sheets. Yeah, they've got a record now in the WSL. But I was looking at the teams that they've played. They haven't played a Chelsea, a Man United... Nine or, girls or, or a city. Nine clean sheets They broke a record yeah, yeah nine But they haven't played The top three they have, or four yeah, I that. Them. None of that, have the, yeah. but that you yeah. still you still got to do it Against the teams That are put in front yeah. of you And that's the difference Isn't it Between the ones That will win the league mm. And and that was the point That we were making Arthur and I were making About mm. Tottenham obviously uh. Was that they can take. We think we can. They can take some points from those top they teams, can't. and they can't. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> All right, Spurs, Liverpool, Spurs. On to over to you, Ertha. Spurs. No, fan. obviously for new new home ground, uh, scrappy game. I think they again dug deep in terms of in terms of the win. Um, I spoke to Beck Spencer after the game, and yeah, just the three points was the most important thing, and they managed to grind it out. So they're getting closer and closer to the first under the third so Kelly they think that Spurs are good <laughs> Kelly this is I'm going to speak to an Let's expert on it here yeah. are Spurs going to finish third this year no thank you in my opinion no what are they going to finish in the, they gonna finish they in the top four lucky fifth or sixth if they can get thank there you. <sighs> thank yeah. you watch this watch this space guys <laughs> I, was at, I was at the United game against Brighton Man United Brighton Man United yeah. Brighton what do we think of their chances of pushing Chelsea and Arsenal for that for that number one spot or do you think it's a case of them trying to break that 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 third and try and get third. into like for me mentally I think Man United are at the point where they they need you know like when England when we used to could never get out uh, at the knockout stages we'd always qualify out of the mm. group and we could never win a knockout game mm-hmm. and then we won it and we've gone on to now obviously when the Euros having got past that mental bad Women's block. World Cup 2015 was shocking. I, um, I was like, what is England doing? this far in the tournament exactly but yes go ahead normally. continue but i think that that's where man united about in terms of like they you know you look at last year they were they were third for so long and then yeah. and they let it slip it's a mental i shift think it's a mental shift yeah. i think that they're probably at the stage where yes they've got better squad depth but i think they're at the stage where that mental block to finish third is a do more you think, realistic do you think for the, them than, the, than pushing the top two manchester united are looking at man city with the loss of players that they've had uh this season and seeing the players come in and then lose the opening game, do you think that would boost Man United to think we can beat City like to, to that third spot? I think so. I think that that's what they need to aim for. I think I think yeah. they've got a good squad in terms yeah. of like you look at their attack now and how many different attacking options they have. They've obviously strengthened at the back with uh, Mayo Letizia instead of Thomas Dotti, who, who her move from Chelsea to Man United wasn't a good one. Yeah. But I tell you who is a, is a good signing for Man United. Garcia. 
Oh, what an unbelievable player she is. And I think she'll be the difference in this Man United team this year. Well, not even that. I think Up close, Surf, at the weekend. No, no, no. I was like, wow. I'm not disputing that. But also, I think just like the mental side of things, I think the, the England players as well, mm. where you talk about the Tash Dowies or those players up front that will be clinical in getting those goals. Look at two, mm. look at those goals. Are, they, like, they think that they actually, they are the best mm. in those positions and they'll go on in terms of attacking teams and taking things on. So I think in terms of that mental shift, it's translating in terms of that, but also their performances. So I think that they believe, I believe yeah. that they believe. And obviously with Mark, he'll make mm. sure that they believe as well in terms of from a management point of view. So that leadership point of view. So yeah, I think definitely top three, Man United, 100%. I think they've yeah, got different options up top That's now, what I mean, more yeah. with Nikita mm. Paris, mm. Garcia. Rachel Williams. Um, Gold- Garcia, Rachel Williams. Garcia. Yeah. yeah. Golden. Oh, Williams. So, Galton. Oh, they've even got the, uh, what's her name? Uh, The Canadian. I can't think of her name. Um, From, they signed her from West Ham. Oh, Leon. Leon. Leon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they've got like options. You know, you know what I think as well? Mary Earps is playing with a confidence level that I have never seen before. Because you think back to last year, there was a a few goals that that she herself Mm -hmm. would say that she probably should have saved and she was disappointed with. She is playing with this confidence. It's mad because for me, she was, she went unnoticed in the Euro. She had a phenomenal Euros for England mm. and it's very rare in tournament football goalkeepers go the whole tournament without a mistake and she did that can yeah. I say Mary Earps is moving like Drake yeah. Mate, even I'm in the warm you. up yeah. I'm telling you her confidence she is moving like Ronaldinho Drake like her chest <laughs> is high like I see it all the time and she's like she, when she saves things she looks at you like yeah. did you really think you was going to be yeah. like come on like, and one of their saves uh, in the game the weekend, that yeah. was insane mate, just before that step right, to the you. left all the way up oh, in the upper name <laughs> even when I just see her just warming up like the the confidence I don't That's know where she gets it from but, like but I'm you know like, the nah. best te- the teams that have won so you think of the season where, where Liverpool won and how good their keeper was and you think of Manchester City when they won mm. and how, when Chelsea won the it's Champions a, it's League a key and role. the goalkeepers they're so key in yeah, terms of winning winning absolutely. things. And I think she'll play a big part in yeah. their success this year, whatever that might be. And speaking of Man City, they even though we don't necessarily think that they'll be top three this season, because I agree with you guys, I think Man United just look stronger. And if they don't make that top three, it'll be a you know psychological issue rather than a uh, you know, capability issue. But Man City still beat Leicester. 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 That would how the Americans would say it. 4-0. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? A we game they should have won, right? They should have won that game, but it's good that they've got a clean sheet because they have been conceding goals. Um, because obviously conceded four in the opening game, mm-hmm. and then two against Chelsea, so six yeah. in three games for them isn't the standard that they have. So I think it's it's a good win after the international break. Um, but they're building; they're trying to find mm-hmm. their best eleven now mm-hmm. without the spine of their team, and that's something that's really difficult to do. And the fact that they let so many players go for me is crazy. Um, and um, I think in doing that, will be a uh, you'll be able to see now where they, in in terms of their where they finish in the league because of that. Mm. I think great to see Chloe Kelly transitioning those performances from the Euros into domestic club level. Um, I think she hit the post a few times mm. as well mm. um, this uh, in the last game. She also took her own teammate out with a and celebration. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good to see Chloe. I think she's going to have to step up in terms of the leadership with so many people departing. Um, good to see Bunny Shaw in terms of yeah. getting getting on the school sheet, and I, I like think Bunny Shaw. for me as well, just her from Jamaica, from Jamaica, yeah. like in terms Kadisha. of the impact from a Caribbean point of view, yeah. it gives so many more girls that hope that actually this is somewhere that they can yeah. get into. So yeah, really loving that leadership and her sort of keeping the Caribbean Concacaf on, on the map as well. In yeah, terms of that. because we don't see very many. We don't mm-hmm. see any Mexican players, and we don't really see any Central Caribbean players either. So really, only the Americans that have come over so yeah she's basically she's the only one in the league I think CONCACAF player right now she, yeah maybe no we've got the no, Canadians no, 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 we've Canadians. got Drew, we've got Drew Spencer yeah. Becky, uh, Becky, Becky Becky yeah 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 yeah, All right. Jade anyway, Man Jade City. Baby. Any thoughts on that, Carol? Man City, um, Leicester. Leicester. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on them because letting so many players go, it's going to take them a while to gel the players in the central areas. But I think Lauren Hemp is going to be key for them. Her assists. She needs to get more goals for me. Um, she got one against Leicester. It was a ball, great ball across from Chloe Kelly, and she just nudged, nudged in front of the the full back and, and headed the ball in 
the back of the net. But yeah, I think those three are deadly in that front three line. And if they can be consistent in their play, they'll be pushing for that third spot. But I'm not too sure whether um, they'll be picking up points enough um, to get that third spot as I see it right now. Yeah. And Everton-Chelsea, that was an interesting game because Everton looked really good. I was watching it from the beginning. Um, I actually thought Everton was going to take some points in that game. Do you guys watch that? Everton won Chelsea three in the end. Yeah, I think Penilla Harder could have had a hat-trick in Seriously? the first half, right? <laughs> mm. um, so I think the, the promising thing is they're still creating chances. Um, it, it's just about the delivery. And I think not having Emma there might have been, I don't know, played towards it in, in some way, shape or form. And we'll see how that pans out throughout the season. But yeah, Chelsea are consistent. It's just about the, the finishing and if they're on it. And if they are, then teams are in trouble. If, and if they're not, then other teams have a a chance to, to pick up points. So, yeah, really excited to see how, how they get on throughout the season. And mm. as I said, especially without without Emma there for, for a few games as well. Mm. I always, uh, this is pop like every season, it seems to happen to Chelsea that after an international, they always have an away fixture that's quite far there. I mean, they had Man United last year after an away fixture. So they always have that. And that's challenging in itself. It obviously takes a day, a day away from training players that are coming back in from international. Don't get me wrong, they should be used to it because they know they have a lot of internationals. They know they compete at the top throughout um, in, in, all, in all the competitions they enter. But it's difficult to go away to a, an Everton team that are in form under a new manager and exciting and playing a different style. But I think the return of Harder um, was important for that Chelsea team, especially without Emma Hayes being there. Yeah. I think she was key. But as you mentioned, Earth, and she said herself, she should have had a couple more goals. Yeah. But I think it's, it, it's uh, an important win for Chelsea. Mm. against uh, an Everton team that are going to be pushing the top four this year. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think it's time to move on to the halftime halftime team talk. Um, and you guys mentioned already Emma Hayes having her emergency hysterectomy. Um, how does that affect Chelsea? How, what do we think about, first of all, what do we think about her coming out and saying exactly what it was? Because that felt fairly brave. But also I was like, do we really need to know? Like, um, she's just being honest, isn't she? Yeah. She's not going to be there for however many games, several weeks. Um, I don't know if it will affect them. I think they've probably prepared for this. Emma Hayes does ev everything right, it seems, in terms of her preparation. So if this was ever going to happen, um, you know, she's been quite sick for a while with with her struggles with what she's going through. Um, and I think, you know, her assistant, Denise Reddy and Paul, they know the team so well. They work so close as a unit. I personally don't think it will affect Chelsea. Um, I'm sure she'll be at home watching the games on the phone mm. in the ears of the, the coaches, giving her tactics and seeing the game that the way that she was and playing the players that she sh should play and subs. I don't think it, personally, I don't think it will affect them. Mm. I think it will make them more hungry because they're, it's already, when you play for Chelsea and you're the champions, everyone wants to beat you anyway. Mm. And now there's another thing that's happened that's kind of like, okay, well, what are you going to do now, Chelsea? Mm. So I think mm. they're just going to step up and bigger shoulders and go out and perform for her. I think they have so many leaders within that mm. team that won't allow Stan to drop anywhere and you hear Ericsson the captain talking quite often about that leadership and the trust that Emma gives in her but she also then allows her teammates to have that leadership because she likes to be open to different opinions and, and whatever else but as Kelly mentioned there knowing Emma Emma's already got her signings next season for mm. next season mm. so she plans so far ahead and, and as Kelly said she's been struggling with this illness and so she would have known 
there would have been a time where this would have mm. happened. So all of her preparation would have been done. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just think that in terms of the care that she's got at Chelsea, uh, I, I think it's, it's fantastic and it shows how far the women's games come in terms of her being able to get that support and medical attention mm -hmm. that she needs. Yeah. Um, which I think is important and, and hopefully that, that filters through not just in WSL 1 or not just at the top teams such as Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester City, but all the way through through the women's game. Mm. Yeah, I, I think just from a sort of well-being point of view, it, it's a great to maybe highlight these issues within football. Um, I know there's been a lot of work around sort of menstrual cycles in football mm. and I know definitely in the athletics I saw Dina Asher-Smith talking about it but actually I think just from a well-being piece to have that openness that actually no matter whether you're an elite sports person or a, a high-paid coach or mm. Jenny from the block like this is what <laughs> Love this Jenny you like her. Her. <laughs> she, she, she showed up in she, our last podcast she tweeted too me. she tweeted <laughs> me she said just this <laughs> kind of name got me again so yeah just in terms of like <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the well-being piece and definitely in terms of like we've start, done stuff around breast and bras and I think just the whole medical piece um, is really, really important. And the more we keep talking about it, the more it's not a taboo. And again, it starts filtering down in terms of sort of grassroots. And it, really, it's about being proactive. So again, prevention's better than cure before you get to that end piece and think, mm. oh, it's just me. Actually, these are things that are talked about. You can maybe recognize signs mm. and get that support in terms of checkups and stuff like that. So yeah, kudos to, to Emma for definitely sharing her story and being open. And then obviously Chelsea for, for supporting and yeah, really hi highlighting the issue. So. Yeah. Do you guys think, because this was something I struggled with in my career, especially at Wolfsburg, was really the lack of medical care mm -hmm. and expertise around specific issues. And mine was, you know, knee, knee issues. So it wasn't like mm -hmm. anything that had to do with the, like a female specific issue. It was very, very generic. And I still really struggled finding a good knee surgeon, a good knee doctor, mm -hmm. the physios that knew what they were doing. Do you guys think that this is a serious topic still in, in the women's game? Like we talk about Chelsea being able to have that, but did you see it at Arsenal when you guys were there? No, I mean, it's, cold, <clears throat> no. it's, it's changed now. I think it's better now, Kettle. I mean, for our, you think about you think of our career, how many injuries, broken legs you play on that you're asked to walk around mm, and jog gosh. the next day with a broken fibula. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's crazy the things that as players that we did in, in our generation or our era of, of the game, like in terms of medical care, unless you was in international, but even that at times wasn't what it should be. Um, yeah. It's certainly improved massively now. I think what, what the girls have now day to day is far better than what we ever had. Yeah. Uh, and hence why we can't walk out our half the time. Yeah, <laughs> I remember when wake up in the morning. Shin splints. Remember yeah, I fully splints, had shin yeah. splints and like played, continued like a whole season yeah. playing because obviously stress fracture my back. Stress like, yeah. fracture. She's like, yeah, but I can still play. Yeah. Yeah. I can still perform. Like, honestly, I played with tears in my quads, hamstring, and you, yeah, you just strap you it. And, like, and then I'd go away with England after being on, on club, obviously playing for club. And they'd be like, why have you been playing with a strap in? I'm like, oh, I've got a sore quad. And they'd scan it and they'd be like, you're out for six weeks with a tear. I'd go home for two weeks while international was on and I'd strap it again and continue playing for my club and that, that's the sort of thing that I guess medical medical staff at times would allow players to to do so we were we were more powerful as players than than the medics were at that time when the game wasn't mm. so professional I think now it's professional players don't need to risk injuries to play it's a full-time job they're going to get their earnings whether they play or they don't for us it's like if you play you get an appearance fee or if you score you get an you know a, a goal fee so we were desperate to play and never miss any 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 time on the pitch and plus you love the game but I think now with the medics, they take more control and rightly so. Taking decisions out of the players' hands, I think is the best part of the game. Mm. And it's been something that hasn't been in the game, certainly when I was a player. I mean, Kelly played with God knows how many injuries. So you're probably best mm. to talk about the medical care now compared to what, what you had. <laughs> yeah, well, we were fortunate at Arsenal that we could use the men's physios. So it was um, Gary Lewin, who was mm. the England physio and then come back to Arsenal. And then Colin Lewin, <clears throat> which was his cousin. So they were very high profile um, physios that you could lean on. Um, but yeah, and then you don't you go across to the men's side and you get treated by them and they'll give you a program. But then you're kind of on your own with the physio at Arsenal that's probably not as qualified. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I've played with so many injuries over the years because you want to play the game. You don't know what injury you've got. Like I've played with a They wouldn't pay quad. for a scan, would they? So like yeah. you'd, you'd need a scan. And, and back then they just wouldn't pay for a scan. Like, unless they desperately thought you needed one, they just yeah. wouldn't. It was, it was a money thing, a wasn't it? They yeah. probably didn't want to 
unless you were li- literally broke your leg. You did break it. Oh, and yeah, I did. <laughs> she broke her <laughs> leg and had to jog in France and had to jog the next day. Yeah, it was bomb, pa- bomb pasta come behind me and I heard um, a crack and I thought it was our shin pads coming together. So I thought, oh, that, that hurts. <laughs> and I still played on, played on. I'm like, oh, this, I can't, Didn't don't think I, day I, day I can't. It was in your shin. Yeah, it, your it shin. was my fibula. Yeah, yeah not, my, not my front bit, the, the fibula. Yeah. yeah, come off. Oh, that hurts. It was right at the bottom of my ankle. And then the next day, um, I'm like, really hurt, really hurt. So they're still trying to play. I think trying it was the, train. For the yeah, the train. <laughs> and I'm running across the pitch like, oh, come on, you can do this, you can do this. And I'm like, I really can't. And it wasn't until we got back oh, still, yeah. a couple of days later, I'm like, it's still not right. I went for a scan, I broke my leg. But you had to get your own scan? Um, I think the FA, because I did it on FA duty, oh, they yeah. they sent me away. But I'm like, God, if well, it's just frustrating, wasn't it? It's just, yeah, it's it, the care really wasn't there. And that's due to what, the where the game was at this yeah. that point in time. I'm not being disrespectful for the, the doctor or the physio of England mm-hmm. at the time, but it's just the the way that it was set up. It wasn't there yeah. to protect the players at times. What about though in the bottom parts of the league, like the lower clubs? Do we think that there's enough care? Because I know that the FA is doing some work and they've redone some of the contracts and they put certain things in the player contracts where there has to be, for example, medical medical mm-hmm. insurance so that the clubs do have to provide a certain amount of care to the players, but. Like, for example, I was speaking to some South American players recently and they still say that if they tear their ACL, their their career is done yeah. because clubs will not pay for a scan. They, will, they won't even pay for scans. So they can't. That's crazy. And they won't pay for the, the surgery. So, yeah, definitely lower down the pyramid. I think it's really hard to get that outside level of. Outside WSL one, right? Yeah, outside of WSL and championship mm. to get that medical attention. I don't know how many GoFundMes mm. I've seen online and players like even I think I saw Gary Lineker like pay for someone to get their their knee operation done so I think there has to be some sort of look at that because it's basically a safeguarding issue Mm. in terms of like players are putting their self on the line but actually then they're not getting the the support and service that they need and if we're always going to go to our NHS which is already like struggling Again, that's just going to impact them to be able to, to play the game. So, yeah, because yeah. Farah, you had some health issues too near the end of your career too. I know it's like quite personal, so mm-hmm. don't feel like you have to overshare. But right. since you got, tend to do that. An, an NHS, because I'm still on the NHS. So yeah, I'm still continuing my treatment through yeah. the NHS. So yeah, frustrating. But as I say, I was quite lucky that the NHS, 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 that I am... That I, I received during lockdown and, and continue to receive now has been very good. So my consultant, a kidney consultant I have, mm. um, he's been, yeah, if I if I have a flare up, which, I, which I've relapsed six weeks ago now, um, I can just call, email and I just go to the hospital and he's there on hand. So, yeah, I'm quite lucky because uh, not often the NHS are that good, yeah. but they've been certainly really good with me. Just, just one thing. I remember when I was 12, actually, at Arsenal. Um, which was a long time ago, um, they actually gave us some forms and was like, oh, you should insure your legs. Mm, As a 12-year-old, they gave us these forms and it was like, it was something like, I don't know, £15 a month. And I was like, I could just about get travel expenses <laughs> to get to JVC Centre. I haven't yeah, got £15. Pound. But I'm thinking like, that's how far ahead in terms of Arsenal mm, and where? on the world in terms of the women's game. So I think it's really important, as you said, to look at all the different options yeah. to have that support and care. And then last thing before we sort of wrap up obviously we was talking about Emma at the top around sort of menstrual care I think another thing we need to be aware of especially with across the game is fibroids which is a, a major another issue which is more common in sort of Afro-Caribbean um, communities and if we're looking at improving the DNI within our game this is something that might come in but just generally across mm. the sort of menstrual um, gynecology aspect I think that's something that if we haven't started to look at alongside menstrual can you explain, cycles. Can you explain fibroids for those so that it, maybe not? So it's like a like tissue like tumour that sometimes sits on like We're getting technical here. They come in different shapes and sizes sometimes they can be as big as a grapefruit sometimes they could be as small as uh, golf balls um, they can make you have heavy periods and sort and of they impact. grow in and the ovary grow, area yeah, right? in yeah. the ovary area yeah and they can be very painful yep. um, but yeah just in terms of being able to perform like it might be very difficult in terms of players so mm. yeah I don't want to take up too much of the people. I can see the tea coming in and the the tea, orange yeah. slices so mm. I know we need to <laughs> orange need to slices are yeah. <laughs> being removed right on to the second half 
um, which will be a short second half, actually, uh, the women's UEFA Women's Champions League, because that kicks off this week as well. Um, we've got two English teams in there, Arsenal and Chelsea. What chances do we think that they have to get further than Chelsea did, which was the group stage? They didn't get out of the group stage, as you mentioned, far last year. W what chances do we, do we think that they have this season? Kelly. It's We've tough because Arsenal go away. They yeah. they both travel yeah. away. It's so Leon, they both so right, Arsenal yeah. travel away to Lyon tonight. Exactly. And and then obviously tomorrow Chelsea travel away to PSG and yep. then they come back and they both have away fixtures. So I think they're both difficult fixtures. The, the fact that the flight isn't so far in terms of it's only an hour, an hour and a half, yep. I think that helps a little bit. Um but in terms of the opposition, two of the top teams in, in yeah. France that we're facing, two of the top English teams. Um, Interesting that that happened yeah, like that too. I know, two yeah. English versus two. And it, I think the thing is, I know that these English players at the minute are playing with such confidence. I don't know whether that gives them a little bit of an edge. Mm. Um, but there's always that mental block when the English teams face Lyon. Not so much, I think, PSG, but certainly when English teams face Lyon, there's always that mental block. In also, terms of beating them, because they've been so dominant in the Champions League for for so many years, but two Ars tough fixtures, but 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 winnable fixtures. Sorry, oh, sorry. I was sorry. just going to say Arsenal hasn't come up against Lyon since like 2011 or something. I was reading, so it, it, they haven't actually had to face them in the Champions League. They're just a bit weaker, though, aren't they? With the centre halves, mm. I think I think losing both centre halves yeah. is big for, for, Arsenal. for Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, Arsenal. I mean, I think that's what goes against them a little bit, and with with the front line I, that, I think, that Lyon have, it's going to be yeah. It's I think be too with their build up yeah. play, a lot of it comes from the centre yeah. halves, mm. Williamson and, and Rafa. And I don't think um, Catley and Wubamoy are at that level when they bring the ball out, mm. they commit a player or Leah can see passes that other centre-halves can't that sets up Arsenal when they're attacking middle of the third pitch. Um, so, yeah, I think it's. I think if they, them two would have been fit, Could I would have been a lot more confident. Mm. But, yeah, I think with Leon's attacking players, mm. it's going to be tasty. Yeah, it is going to be tasty because Ada Hegerberg also was in that top 10 mm. in the... Um, final, which I thought was really interesting because she obviously had her ACL injury and mm. then has come back, but she looked, she looked fierce mm. in the last season of the Champions League as well. So do Arsenal go there and want a point? Because I know that's not Arsenal's mentality usually. Do, what do you reckon? Do you go there and are you happy to come back with a yeah, point? I, th I think game? they'll try and make it very difficult. Um, first opening 10 minutes, just try and be difficult. Don't be hard, be hard to beat and then <clears throat> get your, your ball players on the ball. Um, but yeah, I, th I think they will go go for the win. I don't ever see an Arsenal side. That's what I was going to say because defend, I don't. But um, for early early doors, keep they don't it have tight. counter attack players, do they? So yeah. they don't have players that can play in transition that attack with speed. They're more of a build up phase team, aren't they? They play through the thirds, and then play in that final third area through deliveries or medium essentially. So I can't see them sitting in and trying to counter this Leon team. Mm. So they only have one way or no one way of playing. Yeah. Mm. If they do play differently, I'll come back on this pod next week. And be like, okay, I got it wrong. But you but have I got an outlet in Black Stinnis. Yeah, Black because yeah. she can play on the shoulder. Which yeah. is, we saw that yeah. in the early. So I think it, it was twenty second, twenty six seconds of the Arsenal. They do an Arsenal game. Kill, it was a Catley ball yeah. from from deep mm -hmm. straight in, and that was mm. from back to front. Yeah. So they have it, but I don't think they look to play that way. They right. I like build. them when they play that way though. Yeah, like we, when Arsenal played when early on last season direct. when it was more direct. I thought they were more effective getting the ball into the opposition final third quickly yeah. is more effective from them than trying to build through because you allow teams to bank up mm. and that's when I feel at times they struggle to break them down mm. so yeah, more Stenis, direct would work that's how she plays as well yeah. from the they Swedish pace from up front. I don't know why PK they Hagen. don't exploit teams set, set pieces a high line. I think for Arsenal set yeah. pieces in terms of like utilising their height in terms of corners and stuff like that so mm. I, I can't see them getting three points I think potentially one if they do get the mm. three I think a set piece will definitely be in and around that reason why why they get that. So yep. Yeah, because it's two centre backs holding that middle mm -hmm. space as well. What about Paris, um, PSG, Chelsea? PSG Earth looks there right. coming to support Paris today. I mean you can see in a in a nice trackie. Yeah, I don't I, was there we'll anyone in this room <laughs> that is a PSG fan or we'll ask Earth, I would have no, worn my Chelsea shirt if no, I'd known. <laughs> Take that hoodie off yeah, and that no. is <laughs> the blue collar, the cause one underneath. Um <laughs> now nah, I think Chelsea's got too much. I think that they'll definitely, I'd think they'll definitely win at PSG. I think away, as you said, the, the travel distance isn't that much. It's mm. the same as it's quicker than going from to Manchester from from London. It's so true. that's not going to be a problem. Um, and as as Kel said, I think they're going to be revved up. Um, Emma's going to be on the phone, um, and they just need to go out there and do what they do. Nice. I, think. I, I certainly think Chelsea are stronger to go and win that game away. 
Um, they don't they don't have any injuries, so obviously with harder returning, yeah. I think that's key for them. And they've got a good squad depth. Mm. I think it doesn't matter I really who, they, who plays. Yeah, when, yeah. If every player off the bench is of a high level. They so. take three off and three more come <laughs> I mean, on. And you're like, Jess I Carter, didn't even realise they were on the bench. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying Jess Carter was one of their best players last year. Starting. and can't even get yeah. in a team. Yeah. And you think how good she was last year, mm. whether that yeah. be as a, a, a central of a back three, uh, which Buchanan's come in. So obviously mm. that competition is even harder. Or whether that where she played on on the right hand side of a wing back of a five, mm. both of those positions I thought she dominated when she played, and everybody mm. was talking about she should be starting for England to then come back after the Euros having not played a minute, or she played I think ten minutes of that in the Euros to then not get in the Chelsea team. And even it's that's crazy to think that that centre back you've got Eriksson, Millie Bright, and now Buchanan, and even those Strong. three. Well, I you mean, think of the French, goodness. the French girl they signed. Um, what's the French girl they signed? The fullback. Um, the, the captain Perisette yeah she Perisette yeah, Perisette, yeah. Perisette, yeah. she can't yeah. ever get in the team at the minute she, mm. I mean she started at the weekend but mm. in terms of breaking into that team it's such a difficult team mm. to break in so mm. it keeps the, the, the competition level for places really high so we think Chelsea I, yeah I, was, I saw Guru Wrighton a couple mm. of weeks wow. ago I did a piece with her on, on the, nice, the pitch cross and she was really down to earth and very open and she <laughs> said the training pre-season was the hardest, one of the hardest that she's done. Mm. Emma really pushed the team. And she said the quality is so high. Mm. Every player um, is at it, so technical um, and, and pushing each other on mm. a daily basis. And I just think that, again, they that, alone, they? they have that. Mm. And that's, yeah. I don't see any other team in the WSL that has that right now. And that's, I guess, what you need to take it from winning the WSL to winning a Champions mm -hmm. League. Because that's what Lyon has, don't they? Yeah. They've got that mentality. They've got those international players that keep coming in. And all the competition for literally every spot is what I consistently hear from Lyon, where the mm. players say, mm. yeah, it's great to be there, but actually I'm learning so much and I have to compete every single day from my spot. So, Do you think an English team can win it this year? Yeah, Lauren's going to score, definitely. In Lauren the, James. Lauren James is okay. going to score in the PSG and she's going to take that <laughs> confidence all the way to the you final. We can, I mean, I hope we can because obviously after yeah. winning the Euros, you'd like to think like mm. our league's competitive, like, but we just don't seem to but do you it. you say in, that, winning Kelly the Euros. Was the last time that, Kelly was in the, the last team that did uh, it in England. 2007. How many English players won the Euros yeah. in Chelsea team? And this is why I come back to, mm. yes, on an international level, what, what is that looking like when we transfer that back into club, our yeah. domestic league? Mm. They're not playing there's like what three clubs that have majority of the t of, mm, of the English two, players mm. and how many of them actually play and mm. start so yeah. now we're really looking at uh, where what are they doing domestically so mm. I also think that Wolfsburg looks really good this season they have a really nice mix of a pop who's very experienced and clearly came off of <laughs> an amazing women's Euros but then an Oberdorf coming through and some of the foreign players Bex Blomqvist the Swedish I mean they just have a really nice mix of players right now and I've heard as well that their preseason has been really tough and they've had a really good start to their season so mentally I think that they're ready to go I was chatting with them last week so they're but certainly Barcelona yeah. is the team to beat, right? Yeah. It has to be. Yeah, they've, yep. set, they've strengthened, they've, haven't yeah, they? They've I mean, strengthened. you've got Barca, you've got... I think they got any got, four even, of those Even Bayern Munich this year, they, they, they look good as yeah, well. Yeah. So you've got Bayern, Barca, exactly. Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg, Chelsea, Chelsea Arsenal, 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 Lyon, PSG. So we've got the Champions League. Okay, but yeah, if, but you, if you have to choose... It's looking good. If you have to choose one team right now, who are you going with for the Champions League winner? Wolfsburg. Oh. Is that because she's just bigged them up? No. For once you agree with me, Farah. Oh, do you think they're going to win? You didn't say. Yeah, no. You go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll oh. do my turn after. Go ahead, Ertha. Who do you think is going to win? Barcelona. Okay. Yeah, I'm with Barca too. I just think with signing sign Kira Wolf, she's just bring you, bring, brought you to another level. Mm. And they've done it. They've got the experience. They've kept their core group of players. I just think mm. they're, they will be I untouchable. Always, I swear, they're, they're, Barca, I know Barca in terms of possession, uh, they're always strong. And I just don't think their league's strong enough to test them weekly like when they come yeah. to Champions League I think sometimes and, and we've seen that with Leon yeah. when they was aggressive against them in the final they struggled yeah. they were absolutely um, but I think that yeah I, I mean I haven't played against a tougher team killer than, than Wolfsburg when we played in terms of that the is that why you think yeah why do you think of trans their, their transitions yeah. are just so good they're so good in transition but do Barca get to the final and I don't Depends on the if they face Leon along the way or, or um, yeah, but, Wolfsburg. But doesn't, in terms no, of like, they potentially, it depends what part, what, what yeah. whichever way. But I just think if they face Wolfsburg, they'll struggle. But surely they've learned from that from last season. So now we'll they just see. have to back up and then they just catch them on the break because they're not going to be as naive now and just try and but play. I don't think Barca, Barca aren't a counter-attacking team, are they? No, but I'm saying in terms um, of 
the players that they've got, <laughs> the talent that they've got, they're able to create stuff out of nothing. So I think in terms of the tactical side of things, they will sit back a bit more and, and defend. They've got Lucy, they've got Kira, they've added mm. to it. And then they've got Magic that can you go on. Lucy and, and Kira, two players that like to attack. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. Tactically, they have to get it right in terms yeah, of no, playing against that I think it is quality. a tactical yeah, yeah. game, but that's why I think German teams are so much more suited for that mm -hmm. because they are comfortable with and without the ball. So you give them the ball, they can play. They're comfortable for, mm -hmm. for teams having long periods of, of, of the ball and them not. And then in playing in that transition moment. And even when and I think um, that's the difference. in that uh, second game, when Wolfsburg, when Barcelona came to Wolfsburg, Barcelona had already gone through and Wolfsburg was not going to go through, but they, they beat Barcelona and I, I was commentating mm. in the game and it was that was a solid game from that Wolfsburg yeah. team and actually it could have been an even bigger score. So looking at them in their home environment against a Barcelona team and winning and very comfortably mm. winning, I think I'm going to have to go with Wolfsburg too as my me? alma mater. <laughs> I think one of us played there, one of us didn't, but that's cool. <laughs> Um, I just watched. All right. Well, we could sit here for another few hours slash days contemplating all the things in women's football. But first of all, we just want to thank our amazing guest, Kelly Smith, for coming. Thank you so much, Kelly. That was amazing. Cheers, Kelly. Thank you. <laughs> much appreciated. Yeah. The one can and only. Can I, I come mean, back on? Without, yeah, yeah. First one, Kelly. And I appreciate you being here, helping drive and push our, our podcast that has only just started. So episode three. Really enjoyed it. It was like I was sitting on the couch with friends at home. That's how we want it to be. <laughs> <Love> it. <laughs> just, just missing a cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah. We've got it outside waiting. <laughs> Farrah's a good tea maker. She'll make you one after. Right, and that's it for us then for episode three of Boots, Balls and Bras. Catch us next week and don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram and listen to us anywhere where you get your podcasts. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com